guys, and welcome to the podcast. It's Josh, your favorite spiritual best friend, ready to tell you guys why your chart has you thriving and sometimes just simply surviving. We are going to talk about birth charts, the moon, how they're connected, and why Mercury in retrograde simply just sucks for everyone. And boy, does it suck. We are all going to chat and maybe figure out why some signs are better than others, depending on the day. Have you guys heard about Anchor by Spotify as being the easiest way to make a podcast? Let me explain. It's free. Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Best of all, when even hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, like I said before, Anchor is totally free. So pick up your phones, laptops, or whatever you use and download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I hope to hear your podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. For today's episode, it is a two-part episode. Part one, titled A Tasteful Personality, talks about the story of Juan Francisco, a professional publicist and also a professional podcaster that really gave great advice in terms of relationships and understanding yourself spiritually. Like usual, you can always follow Juan on the podcast by checking out the show description and all that fun stuff. Part two of the podcast is a live tarot reading that Juan did for me when it came to me discussing like family trauma and stuff like that. You can also tune into that podcast. That will be marked as a special episode for the podcast series. But before you guys can tune into both parts, please check out Juan on Instagram and also like and subscribe to the podcast. The more you guys rate and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts would really help boost the show overall. But without further ado, here is part one titled A Tasteful Personality with my conversation with Juan. Hey, everybody, and welcome to your spiritual best friend. I am your host, Josh Sanchez, and I am here with Juan. Juan, how are you doing today and what's going on? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful, wintry, gloomy day in, in Delaware where I'm visiting some family and uh, be going back to New York City in a week. Um, but it's nice to take a break. It's nice to take a breather with some family over here in Delaware. Yeah, and, and that's good. Uh, I remember, I know we had a little chat before like we started this recording about like Delaware and stuff like that. I know, now has your family always been down in Delaware or have they like just moved and stuff like that? It's a little complicated. I was born in Houston, Texas, and then we moved to Miami, Florida when I was three, and I lived there until my early 20s. Um, and then my father has been working for the Air Force uh, for quite a while as a civilian, so that's what moved him to Delaware, and my parents are retiring here. So we've been all over the place, from Texas to the 
tropical south up to the northeast. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and that's that's really cool. Uh, it's really cool because I mean, I've always thinking about, I've always thought about going to Texas because, um, like, I know Houston. I heard was great and stuff like that. But that's good though that you're in Delaware and stuff, and I, I'm in Wilmington, so it's great to connect with somebody else that has some Delaware ties, you know. Um, Definitely. <laughs> but yeah, so when it comes to our conversation, like I tell everybody, we're just going to talk about everything, you know, work, passions, relationships, advice that you have. So I, I think we can really get started when it comes to work. So my first question for you, Juan, is uh, when it comes to work, what do you like to do and what are some passions that you have? Yeah, sure. So I'm a creative by heart and uh, I originally wanted to go to school for the arts, performing arts, music production and, and composition and um, felt like maybe it wasn't quite the best option for me at the time. So I went into public relations, uh, which brings out my extrovert people person. And I've been working in public relations for about 10 years and I work at a nonprofit as a public relations manager. Um, and uh, yeah, so that that's my occupation, but uh, my true passion and my hobbies really lie within the field of performing arts creativity and now especially um, the spiritual work that I've been delving into. So I'm, I like to say that um, there's my public relations self that you know, pays the bills um, and it's something I do enjoy. Then there's other parts of my life that I really want to um, keep going that really make me feel like uh, I'm living my human life to the best of my ability. Yeah. And I will say uh, from someone that also I can, as I'm hearing you, like you have like that one side of you and you also have like another side. I can relate to that perfectly as well. Cause like, I mean, I'm in, in the process of going to school, but also like when it comes to podcasting and stuff, just very similar to you. Like it's just that need for spirituality and stuff like that. And just building off of that next question, uh, when it comes to like that need of spirituality and really like the performing arts, like you said, where did that passion really stem from? And and how are you feeling about it now, like that you are involved in all that and stuff like that? I have felt a, a connection to the performing arts. And it's interesting you asked the question with both of those things in mind, performing arts and spirituality, because like, for me, they are connected, especially. And I know that music is for you is very connected spiritually. So I, I feel the same way. Um, but I, I have just have, have always had this drive to be a performer or creative since I was a very small kid, like three, four years old. And same thing with spirituality. I've always felt a connection to spirit since a very early age. I think it, it's large part, due in large part to my parents bringing me up with a spiritual mindset, not so much a religious mindset, but a spiritual mindset. And yeah, it's, I, you know, I really can't explain it. It's just a drive that I have. It's just a pool. It's, it's like, why do some people like salty foods versus sweet foods? It's just, it's, it, you can't, it just is what it is. I, it's just that pool that I have inside um, that just, it draws me towards those two fields. Yeah. And, and I know like just building off of that, I know like you've done a lot of like podcasting when it comes to like spirituality and stuff. And I know you also like, I checked your Instagram too, like you're into like books and stuff. Let's say like someone's just trying to learn more about spirituality a little bit. What are some things that you would recommend for them to do to help them really get started to understanding spirituality and like the performing arts and stuff like that? Well, with spirituality, I don't like to be that cheesy person, but go inside first, go within. <laughs> um, I, I, for me, there is, um, I, I can name one book that changed my life. Uh, it's called Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. And the title may may uh, sound to some folks like it sounds like a religious book, but it really, I mean, it's its a kind of book that many churches out there don't, they, they would like to ban. So it's a very um, revolutionary kind of book spiritually, um, but that book changed my life. But really the way to start 
um, delving more into your spirituality, I think just meditating as much as you can. It doesn't have to be an hour of meditation a day. It could be, I, I just, before our call just now, I just did seven breaths and that's enough for me. Just seven breaths, inhale, exhale. Um, and I know it sounds kind of silly, but just by doing those little practices or journaling or even taking yourself out to do things you enjoy, I think things that really connect you and ground you are ways to get more in touch with your spirituality and just learn more. And, and if there are books that pull, pull you or call your name, then go ahead and get them and read them and see if it connects with you. That's how I found my own um, comfort in my spiritual belief system and the performing arts. Um, I mean, that's all. I, I think it's similar. You just explore what, what pulls you, what draws you in. and you know, it's like with spirituality, you, if you, something about a certain religion or belief system, it doesn't work, or maybe like some things you, you take what works for you, you leave the rest. It's really up to you. And the same thing with the performing arts and everyone is meant to dance or sing or act, you know, or play guitar or violin. You just, you see what you connect with and uh, you go for that. Yeah. And I will say that was a really like spot on answer because like, I, I really like to talk when it comes to spirituality, it's really like you said, like just understanding yourself and stuff like that. And really just learning through experience, some things that you like, some things that you don't like. Um, and that leads me right to my next question. I know self-care has definitely been something I know for myself, I have had my moments of struggling when it comes to that. But let's say Juan, you've had a very long day. Let's say like, uh, your publicist job is really just stressing you out. What are some things that you do for yourself to really just hit you with that, really hit your mind with that reset button and just really just help you calm yourself down? I keep it simple. I, if I've had a long day of work, I will just put on my favorite TV show and eat my favorite food at home. Uh, so that's not every day. It changes day to day because I can't necessarily have burgers and fries every day in my life where I'll feel not too well. But um, yeah, it, it's just as simple as going for a walk with my dog. I have a dog that I live with in New York City and um, I make it a point at the end of my workday to take her out on a walk and leave my phone at home because it's just 15 minutes of me just walking my dog where people around if an emergency happens, like people have phones around me, but I can at least walk my dog and just look up instead of looking down or being on the phone. Um, it's also, it's respect to my dog too. <laughs> she needs my time. Uh, so just something as small as that, or at the end of your day, watching your favorite TV show or movie, or um, uh, watch, I, I, some, I, I'll be honest, and this is something I have to control, but sometimes I'll go on a little bit of a YouTube binge for like 10 or 15 minutes, um, but I try and cap the time. And uh, I would love to tell you and your listeners that, oh, you know, when I have a tough day, I meditate for one hour. But for me at this point in my life, it's not too realistic, maybe one day, but I feel like being gentle with yourself and not putting so much pressure on yourself to be as, um, to copycat the self-care you see on Instagram or your friend is doing whatever works for you. I, I, obviously that must be a theme today, whatever works for you, because that's very much how I live. If it works for me and it helps me calm myself down, calm the anxiety, um, that's what I'm going to do. Whether it's watching a TV show or taking seven breaths, uh, inhale, exhale, whatever it is. Yeah. And, and I really like that answer, too, because like a lot of people be like, oh, yeah, like you need to meditate and stuff. I know like the really the point of your answer that really drove home was just like understanding yourself, you know, doing things to really just help yourself like reset. And for that, for everybody, it's different. You know, for some people, like you said, it's watching YouTube. It's it's really just that really helps calm yourself down. Like I, I feel like that's like a lot of things when people think of like spirituality. It's like, oh, man, like I should meditate, you know, like. Meditation, I definitely recommend it for people to try it. I definitely do it from time to time. 
Um, but like you said, I'm very similar to you, Juan, where I like, I'll just tune on like a TV show, maybe for me, like listening to like some music to really just help me just calm myself down. You know, everybody's different, like you said. So it's sort of just like finding that small little thing for you. It's like walking your dog for some people. It could be something different, you know, so that's really I just really wanted to emphasize that point because it's important um, and and meditation is great, but it's not the only form of solution. You don't have to meditate consistently in order for you to do some self-care, you know, and just building off of that a little bit. I know you mentioned a lot about like spirituality and stuff, and I really liked your answer so far uh, when it comes to advice. So let's say someone is struggling with self-care or really just trying to find themselves a little bit more. I know you've been saying a lot about like stuff about like talking about like your own journey and stuff like that, but what's some advice that you would give to them to really help them understand themselves a little bit more? The first thing that comes to mind for me, um, it's worked for me before and I'm trying to re-implement it because I haven't for a while, but if someone is struggling with implementing self-care routines or practices that really help them just be with themselves I live by my calendar, like my digital calendar. So I used to have a paper agenda, you know, growing up in school, but I make it a point to schedule at least one hour a week, for example, to creatively play with my music, like and write music or record music. And I do the same thing for recording an episode. And I don't think it's a bad idea to record, I'm sorry, not record, to schedule maybe five or 10, 15 minutes per day at the end of your workday or at night or whatever is best for you, whether you're morning person, night person, five, 10, 15 minutes to just do nothing, be with yourself. It's like treat your self-care moment in your day like as, as if it's a work meeting. We schedule work meetings all the time. Why can't we schedule 15 minutes to just do something that makes us happy? Just 15 minutes a day. And you can build up from there or you can make it you know less time if you want to, whatever works. But for me, what's helped me to to get more in touch with my spiritual self is dedicating the time to that. It's something I used to do a little more before the pandemic, and I still do it just in different ways. Um, I call them solo dates. And uh, so there's a book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, and she calls them artist dates. And it's just getting two hours of your of your day uh, in one week, uh, one day a week, two hours. And you can either go out or do something at home, do something for two hours that makes you feel like a kid. Um, so for me, I've taken myself out to dinner, and it's not – I'm not saying it's not awkward to be alone at a table having dinner by yourself, but it's it, for me, it's what helped me to be more comfortable in my own skin, be more confident. Like, okay, people are maybe looking wisely alone, but are they paying my bills? Are they are they paying my my dinner bill? Like, I, I'm here for myself. Um, so it could be that. It could be two hours at home drawing, um, cleaning up your home. For some people, cleaning is a is a way to meditate. Um, but for me, it's dedicating the time. And scheduling your own self-care routine or self-care time as if it's a work meeting. We prioritize work so much in this culture. And I really hope that people more often moving forward, I feel like things are changing because I feel like wellness is a big topic now more than it has been, you know, the last 20 years, that people do prioritize their self-care and make that a part of their schedule, just as important as work is. Yeah. And, and I will say that was some really great advice. And just to build off your answer, like I know you mentioned about like going out to eat by yourself and stuff. That's something that I've done a lot this year. And I will say, like, like you said, there's this stigma, like, oh, goodness, he's alone and eating. But like, you know, like 
food is definitely another form of like spirituality for me. So like going to your favorite restaurant, just blocking out a couple times. So that was something that I can really relate to I, as you were answering. I was like, yeah, that's something that I really implemented this year. And I 10 out of 10 recommend it, but I know everybody's different, you know, but, but I was just like, yeah, like, uh, I was like, yeah, I can really relate to that. Like just being able to sit down, eat my favorite food, enjoy that little just like self-care. Like I got tacos the other day <laughs> after working a long day at work. You know, I just sat there and just ate by myself, you know. So it it's definitely something that can really help as well. And I know you mentioned a lot of great books, too, um, from someone that is also tr- I'm trying to read more. Um, I know you mentioned two really solid books. Do you have any other books that you would recommend for people to read when it comes to spirituality and, and really focusing on self-care? Hmm. This one's kind of um, going a little bit out on a limb. It depends on someone's personal spiritual beliefs. But uh, so I, I personally believe in reincarnation and that we, we have lived many lifetimes before and the book, Many Lives, Many Masters, which is considered like a staple in the new age kind of category of books, Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian Weiss, Dr. Brian Weiss. It's a psychologist based out of Miami, Florida, who uh, was an atheist and started seeing clients um, who are seeing one client who had a lot of anxiety and he would put her under hypnosis and she would remember or talk about these experiences from other eras that weren't her own and she had a different name and it kept happening. And she, he started noticing that the more that she was remembering or talking about these experiences, her anxiety lessened. So uh, I really recommend the book, Many Lives, Many Masters. And if for people who resonate with reincarnation and the, the idea of living many lives in the past, um, that for me has been a way for me to learn more about myself spiritually is remembering my own past lifetimes. Um, uh, Eckhart Tolle's books are great. I know A New Earth is something I read a long time ago. It's a wonderful book. I mentioned Conversations with God, uh, The Artist's Way. Um, I would say that those those books, especially Conversations with God, The Artist's Way, and Many Lives, Many Masters, those three especially were a little bit of game changers for me uh, in, my, in my experience as a, um, coming into my own spiritually. Yeah. And I will say, cause I know like you, that's another great book as I'm hearing you like really describe that book. I'm like, I definitely believe in past lives. Um, I know just to share a little personal um, story, like my girlfriend has a lot of dreams and like, she will have like these wild dreams from like past lives. Um, and from someone that also believes in that, cause I mean, definitely like how you treat your lifetime now will definitely manifest into future lifetimes as well. And, you know, and some people that experience trauma as well in a past lifetime, you might experience that in, in like other ways and stuff like that, but just building off of it, because I, I'm, as I'm hearing your answer about like the reincarnation and like past lives and stuff. Um, how do you feel about that overall when it comes to that? Cause I know you mentioned like past lives for yourself, um, overall, like, how do you really feel about like the idea of like reincarnation and past lives? I'll be honest. I, it's like my soul knows that it's the truth that I've lived past lives before my head sometimes doubts it. Uh, so I grew up a uh, Judeo Christian. I grew up in a, uh, I grew up Catholic and I also grew up in a Protestant Presbyterian inspired high school. And I went through a born again phase. Uh, and it was part of like also my coming out story and like, praying, praying the gay away for, unfortunately for myself. And, and when I came out of the closet and um, then I developed my, to my own spiritually, then I started having interest in the idea of reincarnation, other spiritual ideas that I was closed off to when I was a born again Christian. And I had 
one past life regression uh, therapy session. Um, and the person that did it for me, someone I really, really trust. And that's the one thing I want to say. If anyone does a past life regression therapy session, do it with someone that has been recommended to you that you really trust. Because that's a lot of vulnerable energy that's happening at that moment. And also vulnerable things will be shared. You might see things in your past lives that are hurtful, wonderful, but it's vulnerability at the end of the day. And I saw four or five past lives. Uh, that's the best way I can describe it. They, they are memories that I don't have in this lifetime. I was different people. I saw how I died. I saw who was in that lifetime with me that is in this lifetime with me now. And um, I'm almost like, uh, I, I'm bewildered by it and I'm fascinated by it. And I just can't help but feel that it, it must be true. Because I, I mean, how many times, uh, I'm, I'm asking myself this, how many times have I been somewhere or listened to a piece of music from the 30s or and I've just felt this feeling that I just know who these people are I was there and I lived it and I have several friends who are agnostic or atheist but they swear to me they've had dreams of being someone in a past life and when they see pictures of those people you know on the internet or they they look they do their own research like this is me this is who I was um, so I think there's definitely something there. And it's one of those mysteries that I, I, I'm not going to say I've figured it out. Um, I'm not God, you know, uh, or the universe source, whatever you want to call it. But I do feel there is definitely something to it. Definitely do. Yeah. And I'm in, I'm in completely, I 100% agree with you when it comes to that. Um, I'm also someone too, that like, I don't dream a lot, but like, I will have some dreams when I do dream, they're very vivid and they're very detailed. Um, just adding to your point, I know like my girlfriend and her friend, they really talked about like, this is like something that can add like a little joke to the situation, like freckles. Um, apparently like some freckles that you have could be, they're like moments where like you, where you have died in a past life. So like, for me, I got one like in like my neck. So I was like, I was definitely probably talking some slick stuff in a past life that I ended up probably getting decapitated. <laughs> but yeah, so like. <laughs> So like just adding to your point, like, you know, like the idea of past lives and stuff, I definitely think it's it's definitely a very interesting conversation and a very like really cool topic to really think about. And just hearing you describe like your own story and it, I'm just getting like just ideas, you know, about like our com my conversations with like friends, family about how like sometimes they'll listen to a song like you said, old school. For me, it's like food, like I'll eat like a food and I'm just like, wow, like this is definitely like. This is definitely something I can really connect to or or just to add like or going to certain places. Like I know for me, like when I go to the beach, I feel like a deeper connection. So I'm like, oh, in a past life, probably I lived by a beach because I'm just like there's just something about the beach for me that really just hits home. Um, so, you know, like just adding to your point, you know, like places, sometimes you might eat food, listening to music, you're connecting to yourself on a more deeper level. Um, so I just wanted to say one, I was just another spot on answer. I'm just like, I can, I can relate so much, you know? Um, but when it comes to that, is there anything else you would like to add when it comes to past lives or just continuing the conversation for this aspect? Yeah. Uh, something that I've learned to be true for myself is the people that are in our lifetime in this lifetime we're currently living have been our, uh, I think I've heard it called spirit family where they have been in several life, many lifetimes or several lifetimes with us in the past. And, um, you know, when I, when I meet somebody who I really don't get along with, or I feel like I dislike in this lifetime and, uh, they do, and they do take a big role in my life. Let's say it's a coworker or a boss that I've had trouble with in the past or just, um, friend of a friend, whatever it might be. I try to tell myself, okay, this person is here in my life. 
challenging me for some lesson I'm supposed to learn. And maybe we've had a past lifetime together. Um, and it may, that may sound a little bit woohoo or something to some folks, but um, I really do believe that the people who we cross paths with in our life, whether it is our biological family or chosen family, uh, friends, frenemies, enemies, whatever it may be, um, they do serve a purpose in our life. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not here to say that that makes life easier or harder. Um, sometimes people really do hurt us really badly. And uh, I, it, I would feel insensitive to say that we should just accept that they should be there in our life to teach us a lesson. But, but from what I've learned in my own personal experience, I know that there are people from my past lifetimes that have shown up in this lifetime um, in very tough situations that I've been through. And I know that there is some soul connection there and some soul contract, as they say, that that um, that is guided that lesson learning. Uh, so I, I guess what I'm trying to say is something that learning about past lives has helped me with is to see life a little bit more of a 360 birds eye kind of view. Like, how is this person on the chessboard uh, playing this role in my life? Uh, it's like, how are these puzzle pieces fitting in this lifetime? And how does that relate to, uh, you know, the puzzle pieces in the past lifetimes? Wow. And, and I will say that was another just spot on answer as well. And I really enjoyed like this part of the conversation. That's really cool, you know, and just adding to like your points, like like you said, like whether that's a coworker you meet or somebody, everybody that you meet is meant to you're supposed to learn something from that a little bit, whether good or bad, you know, um, even in like past relationships, too, where like you you date this person for so long or even like friendships and then things, you know, are meant and you guys end up parting ways. Even with that, like you're supposed to learn something from that, like, hey, like what are some things that that I liked about them? What are some things that I don't like about them? These are all things and just adding to your point that you're supposed to just learn more about yourself, you know, as you're going through your own spiritual journey. Um, but just transitioning a little bit, I know we've, we've had a really great conversation so far, Juan, and I really enjoyed everything. Um, let's talk a little bit about astrology a little bit. Uh, my first question for you, I know you're very into spirituality and all that stuff, which is great, and it's great to see. Um, when it comes to astrology, how much do you really know about it, and, and where did astrology really come for you? I, I would say that my knowledge of astrology is beginner to intermediate. Like obviously like I, I know by heart, like my rising, my sun and my moon. Um, I don't remember where my Mercury is or my Venus is. Um, and I, I couldn't tell you if someone told me, what is it like to date a Sagittarius? I couldn't tell them. But I actually, when you reached out to me, we came in contact with each other. I was starting a book called how to, what is it called? How to create your own birth, no, how to, how to create your own horoscope. That's what it's called. And it's a book that teaches you how to, um, by using a program to put your birth chart together, how to read your birth chart, just like the, just looking at it and then the angles and the degrees. I, again, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm just learning about this. I just bought this book. So I'm, I'm pretty much a beginner to intermediate kind of person. And I mean, I have, I have CoStar, I have a, the pattern, those apps on my phone or sanctuary. Um, and I get my guidance from there, but I'm actually really interested to, to learn even more about astrology and how to read my own birth chart and like, what do the, again, I don't know if it's the right word, the degrees or uh, what those things mean. So you kind of caught me in a moment where I'm, I'm in the midst of learning all this stuff. Yeah. And, and I will say like, for me as well, like I'm still trying to learn that too, you know, and then, and like, it's, I've really been fascinated with astrology and the accuracy as well. And just to add, cause I know you said like your Mercury and also like your Venus, your Mercury is in Gemini. So I understand it when it comes to communication styles, you know, Gemini's are very intellectually smart. They really love them deep 
conversations, you know, and then your Venus is also in Gemini as well. So like you're very, get out. yeah, yeah. Cause, cause the Venus, you know, that's the planet of love, you know? And so you're attracted to people that are very like big on like conversations, you know, and have like that deep, meaningful communication aspect, you know? So yeah, it's like, like for me, when it came to astrology, just to add to your point, like I'm still trying to learn the degrees as well. But I just find it so cool how astrology, you can really connect with so many people and you can understand a little bit more about yourself, you know, and I think that's a great idea for you to really first understand your chart and understand everything on your chart on a more deeper level. Because then once you understand your own chart, you can understand other people's charts and you learn the degrees and the aspects and where the planets were and stuff like that. So I just wanted to say like that was really cool and and, and stuff like that. But just can, continuing a little bit when it comes to astrology, I know you have a lot of mix of Gemini because you you have your Gemini sun. And I know you also have a Taurus moon. So like when it comes to like yourself a little bit, what are some like aspects where have you ever had a moment where you realize like the two clashing Gemini and Taurus because they are like next to each other, you know? Yes. Yeah, so I, uh, I feel like I am the true textbook definition of a Gemini. Um, and with the Taurus moon, based on what I know about the Taurus, uh, and you can correct me because you are a Taurus, but uh, based on what I know about the Taurus sign, um, and, and what I know about the moon, uh, the, the moon, um, the moon slot in, in the astrological chart, mm-hmm. yeah. um, I to understand the moon is about how we kind of like internal, like internalized deal with like emotions yep. or feelings or, or like internalized thoughts and um and it makes sense to me that my Taurus is in moon because when it comes to, when it comes to how I deal with uh, stressful situations or um, stressful in a bad way or a good way, or like, uh, like falling in love or meeting a new person and like be, being at a networking party, whatever, like places where I have to really uh, showcase myself or show up for myself or the other person, I tend to act in those situations internally with a little bit of aggression stubbornness and not bad aggression but like if I, if I want something I'm going to get it and if, if especially but emotionally I feel that emotionally really really hard and that's why I think it makes sense for me that my Taurus is in moon you can correct me as you go through my chart but that's what I understand when I see moon and Taurus and that's how I relate to it when I when I see that and read it yeah you're pretty much hitting it all spot on when it comes to Taurus is like again like like they're the bull you know so with the bull they're very stubborn and I know for me I've been in constant relationships where even with friends family loved ones like when I'm very like when I want something you know I'm very big on that and I'm very like motivated and I also can be very stubborn when it comes to like changing my ideologies and changing everything because it takes a lot you know you but Taurus is they're very hard working so you know like they put in a lot of work so with that they, they come to a lot of understanding when it comes to certain things you know like just to add some fun like uh my me and my girlfriend's family we got into a huge huge argument over uno something simple because they're like they're like you can't put a draw two on on top of another draw two because that was like the old school way of playing uno and like i'm not gonna lie to you they even pulled up the rule and it showed specifically what rule it was and i was still like no like that's bs like i played uno like a thousand times and i've never played it that way just to add like a little funny example when it comes to tourists so we can be very just like stubborn when it comes to that and you hit the nail in the coffin when it comes to moons like your moon sign is how you process things emotionally so like a lot of people and that and I feel like the moon is definitely a cool part in your in your astrology chart because you like like you said like your sun might be in Gemini 
but like your moon could be a completely opposite sign. So I can see where like those stuff can like clash and stuff like that. But transitioning a little bit when it comes to like relationships and stuff like that, um, because I know your Venus is in Gemini. Um, I just I'm just curious to know and, and I'll definitely like highlight the Gemini points. Um, but when it comes to like relationships and stuff, what are some qualities that you look for in like a friendship and also in like a romantic partnership? Well, I would say in both friendship and romantic partnership, I definitely need an elements of respect, trust and loyalty. Those three for sure. And I'm currently single, but uh, for a relationship that I would like to one day, you know, be, uh, uh, you know, the person, I would love for that person to feel like my best friend. Uh, just so if, you know, the extra stuff that goes with relate romantic, romantic relationship. Um, but for a friendship, I definitely look for those three qualities and uh, just connection. Because, you know, I have two, two or three best friends and we're not, we're not the same people, but we may have some similar interests. But what matters at the end of the day is, we just have this connection and the values align. And they also look for the same thing, trust, loyalty, respect. And um, for a romantic relationship, I feel very similarly. For me, the values just have to align. If if the other person also doesn't seek the same values, um, it's just not going to work out. And I've been in past relationships to know that, uh, where they could be a great person, a wonderful person, but if the way they want to navigate relationship, like the, the kind of relationship they want, what they want out of a relationship, what they value in people, what they value in the other person they're in a relationship with. If it doesn't align, uh, it's, it's it, for me, it's been difficult to, uh, and, and that's when my Taurus comes in. And the way you were describing the Uno game, that's how I am with interpersonal relationships. But, and it's something I need to work on and I'm going to call myself out on it when, in romantic relationships and dating. When I've noticed something isn't working out, but I'm like, but they're a good person. I'm just gonna, I keep going for it, going for it, going. I'm so stubborn and aggressive with it. And even though I know like my heart, my mind knows it's not going to really work. I just, I get stuck on, but they're a good person. But I've learned now that two people can be wonderful, wonderful people, but if their values don't align and what they're looking for doesn't align, it's just not going to be easy. And um, so that's what I look for. Long story short, I look for trust, loyalty, respect, and uh, I would love the other person, friend or romantic partner to look for the same things too. Yeah, and I will say that was that was some really cool qualities and stuff that you're looking for and stuff like that. And just building off of that a little bit, I know just to have a little fun, I always ask my guests that come on this. Uh, so let's say like you're on a first date, right? <laughs> and let's say like your partner is doing some things that are just really like just like annoying you and stuff like what are some like turnoffs for you on a first date where you would not have a second date like I know from like previous podcasts I always mention a lot about music like that's my test I'll hand you the aux cord and if you fail that test I mean I'm not having a second date but for you like do you have like any other like do you have some like small turnoffs that really just like you're not having a second date after that I love this question. Um, for me, I may have a couple things. Um, this has happened to me on several first dates with people where um, they make it very obvious that they're checking other people out. And for me personally, I for me, that's a no-go. For me, if I'm on a date with somebody, like, you know, we're human. We, we have eyes and there are other people out in the world. But for me on a first date, I tell myself, okay, you know, yeah, they're a, a, an attractive person passes by. Well, I'm, I'm still going to direct my eyes, my attention towards the person I'm with. Just for me, that's out of respect. So for me, when I noticed um, some, when I, when I have noticed somebody, it's like their eyes, they're not even trying to hide it. They're just like, let it, I'm like, dude, like for real, like, come on, I'm right here. And so there's that. And also um, being unkind to 
like if, if we're at a restaurant, a waiter or the bartender, uh, being unkind to people who are um, doing acts of service, service for us, serving our drinks, serving our food. Um, those two things I would say are, <laughs> they're deal breakers for me on a first date. Um, but especially even more important, I mean, the first thing has more to do with my ego, I'll be very honest. But the second thing about being kind to other people, I'm, I'm very, very attentive to how the person I'm on a date with is treating people that uh, like we're at, if we're at a store, a restaurant, a bar, um, just the way they treat people on the street, you know, maybe someone drops an item or I, whatever it might be. I, I'm very attentive to that. And it's very important. Kindness is so important to me. And uh, I seek that in somebody else too. Yeah. And I, I will say that's another really like spot on answer as well, because again, like so many people, they like that are in like restaurants, working in restaurants, especially now with the pandemic, everybody I know, cause I DoorDash a lot. A lot of the restaurants are short staffed, you know? And so it's like how you treat them, you know, is definitely something. If you treat them like that, imagine how things don't work out with us, you know, like you're going to treat me like that too, you know? So that's definitely a really like good point to really add, like how a person treats the public, you know, keep a good, keep a good little eye on that when it comes to that. Um, but just building off of that a little bit, I know when it talks to relationships, I know you mentioned a lot about like you've had to learn a lot when it comes to like your own relationships. What's some advice that you would give the people when they are trying to find themselves in a relationship, whether that's with friends, loved ones? What are some things that like an advice that you would really give to him or her him or her? My fault. That is currently trying to figure out themselves out in a relationship. I'd say first and foremost, do not depend on someone else to make you feel like there don't make someone else the most exciting part of your life. They can be an exciting part of your life. But um, when, when, and I I've done this before, so I can speak to this because I have made a romantic partner, my be all end all, or the one determining factor of like, will my day be a good day or a bad day? How will they talk to me today? How will they say, what will they think? Or what will they say when I tell them this? Like it, I used to live for my romantic partner. And um, I think, especially in the age of uh, you know, dating apps, like I've been on dating apps and stuff, and um, it's very easy to get sucked into making dating like a game uh, or like a lottery. And then when we win, like when we win that date, it's like, oh my God. And this is, I'm speaking for myself, like, oh my God, I have a date with this person. And it's a, they're, they're good looking, they're nice. Da, da, da. And then I, I uh, then the infatuation happens. Then I start to get sucked into um, putting all my, feelings of self-validation, putting in the hands of the other person. So I, I think first and foremost, not making the other person, whether you're single and looking to date or you're in a relationship and you're, you know, you've been in it for 10, 15 years, not putting your happiness into the hands of the other person, because at the end of the day, uh, um, I mean, it's in a way, it's kind of like idolizing them and uh, they're, they're not perfect. They're not going to make you happy all the time. Um, I, I'd say that's the best advice I could give. And I'm still learning that. Uh, I'm still definitely learning that. It's not easy, especially when you grow up learning, uh, you know, the different, you know, society, culture, movies, you know, freaking Disney movies, that the other person is your be all end all. And that's just not the case. You're two humans figuring it out. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. And, and I completely agree. Um, I know from, for myself, just to add to your point, I know something that I've had to learn a lot, especially within like my previous relationships and stuff is I tend to, I, and I can relate to you when it comes to that, like I tend to like, I'm just trying to put it into words when it comes to like relationships, I tend to like fantasize over fantasize things. Um, and, and with that though comes unrealistic expectations, you know? So like I, I used to expect my partner's 
whether friendships or girlfriend, boyfriend, like whoever I decided to date, um, they, I would expect them to like go above and beyond to like come on over, you know, or do things where like, I have to be able to communicate to you my feelings first. And I have to be able to communicate to you like things that I like, things that I don't like first. I can't just expect you to understand that, you know? And I definitely think through movies, like you said, through Disney movies, I know for me, Pixar is a huge one. Like I, every time I see a Pixar movie, I'm, I'm teared up. I'm like, Oh my God, they're, they're in love. You know? So like, I feel like with that, with social media and everything with that comes like unrealistic expectations in relationships, you know? And that's definitely something that I've had to learn. I've gone to therapy to really understand that, you know? And, and just to really add your point, like I can definitely relate to that when it, when it comes to, when it comes to like relationships, you tend to really like, Oh my God, this person's into me, you know, like, let me give them everything, you know? And, Stop, calm yourself down because when you give somebody else everything and you become so dependent on them, a lot of codependency ends up, tends to end up happening, you know, and codependency, you can't be so dependent on other people, you know, because at the end of the day, like you said, you got to really understand yourself. That's why we really talk about spirituality. That's why we've talked so much about understanding yourself, you know, because once you understand yourself, you can start to understand other people, you know. So that was something that I really wanted to add, Juan, and that was a really great uh, point and some great advice to have. Um, but when it comes to the podcast overall, I've enjoyed our conversation. Um, but when it comes to the end of the podcast, my for my last question, I have everybody. I just Google their sun and moon, and I it's the horoscope.co. That's another great website. I know you mentioned the pattern and also CoStar. Those are two other great apps. For you guys that are just trying to understand astrology a little bit more, the pattern can be really accurate when it comes to relationships and stuff like that. Yep. Um, but with you, Juan, uh, here is your horoscope.go reading. And uh, once I'm done giving your reading, just tell me some things that you that you really feel as I'm giving you this reading. So for you, Gemini, Sun, Taurus, Moon, it says a tasteful personality. Proud and dignifying, the Gemini Sun Taurus Moon personality easily differentiates from the crowd and often showcases great life lessons. Positives for your Gemini Sun Moon combination easygoing, charming, and relaxed. Negatives can be a little bit obsessive, can be a little bit harsh, and there are some negatives. Perfect partner, someone who will share their interests and passions. And word of advice for your sun and moon combination, they need to learn from their past mistakes. So as I am giving you your reading on the horoscope.co, what are some thoughts that come to mind? That's like 98.998% accurate. Like that is, uh, that's me to a T. Um, yeah, I am, uh, first of all, I think I'm definitely charming. Just kidding. Uh, but I, I, have, I have an outgoing personality. I do. Um, it's interesting because I feel like also a big part of my Gemini self is I am very much when I'm a people person, I'm a people person. When I want to be by myself and not see people, I really want to not see people. It's I, I need that time alone to recharge. Um, yeah, I am very attracted to um, just in, in terms of just in terms of just being attracted to situations like uh, situations where I can really talk intellectually with people like this. I love talking intellectually. I love deep conversations and the life lessons part that the, uh, uh, that way you just read what it mentioned. Um, I mean, I don't want to be like a pat on my back here and say like, Hey, I learned, I teach people life lessons. Uh, but I, what I, I want to twist that and say, I, I really love deep conversations and I love stepping away from conversations, feeling like I added more to my day and they added more to their day by having a conversation. 
the negatives. Um, could you repeat the negatives again? Because I'm obsessive. I remember you said obsessive, right? <laughs> yeah, I got you. When it comes to the negatives, um, it says obsessive and a little bit harsh. So it can be harsh to people. <laughs> got it. Thank, thanks for repeating that. Yeah. So obsessive, I definitely have an obsessive personality. And I think that for me personally, I feel like that ties to my moon and Taurus, that, that stubborn energy um, emotionally. Um yeah, like if, whether it's it could be food, it could be um, like it, like I've struggled in the past with like um, uh, like yo yo dieting. Like I get obsessed about diets and like or um, or people. I get obsessed with romantic partners, and I have to be very careful and really give myself you know those seven breaths that I told you about at the beginning. Do those seven breaths and be like, I don't need to eat this food right now. I don't need to text that person. I texted them twice this morning. You know, uh, so if such personality is true, harsh. Harsh is something that it can, it can slip out sometimes. When I was younger, I used to be very unfiltered and I would say things that, uh, I was a little socially awkward, I'll admit. And uh, so it's being the harsh thing or the harsh criticism. I, there is a harsh critic in me, but I, I think more than ever, I direct that towards myself sometimes. Um, and then I have projected that onto other people in the past and I've learned not to do that. So now it's like, okay, now I'm a little harsh with myself. How do we fix that? How do we work with that? Um, yeah, no, that what you just read, all that that you just read, it's it's 99% accurate for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I got you one. And, and that really sounds good. It's really good to hear, you know, and uh, this website, again, is the horoscope.co. It's a really great site for beginners to read. If, hey, just want to Google your sun and moon just to figure stuff out. Um, but Juan, I really enjoyed our conversation. We really talked about a lot of great stuff. Um, where can everybody follow you on social media and also talk a little bit about your podcast that you're running and stuff like that? Yeah, thank you. Uh, so you can find me at um, at Juan Francisco NY. That's Francisco like the city of San Francisco. So at Juan Francisco NY. And uh, I run Third Eyesight, which is a podcast. And what inspired me to start the podcast uh, was actually a, an experience I had late last year of channeling the soul of someone's departed loved one. It's the first time I ever did that, uh, from what I know. And it's inspired me to start this podcast where I, learn, I teach, um, sorry, not teach, but I talk about um, my own spiritual experiences or supernatural experiences and my journey through mediumship and tarot card reading. And I also interview people who share, who are comfortable sharing their own experiences with the paranormal or the supernatural. And I, the goal of it is just to uh, help us all feel more comfortable talking about what I still think is a taboo topic, even though we have ghost hunting shows and, you know, paranormal investigations out there. I feel like people are not as comfortable talking about the spiritual experiences they've had on their own or uh, that they, they've had in their life. So, um, so yeah, you people can follow me at Juan Francisco NY and they can go to third eyesight.media if they want to learn more about me and my podcast. Sounds good. And also uh, once we are recording, done recording this podcast, you can just send me the links and I'll put them all in the show description as well. So that way you guys can just click it and it's all right there for you guys. But Juan, I, I really had a great time talking to you. It's been great to have you on and stay safe over there in New York. And I hope you're enjoying Delaware. <laughs> Thank you. I surely will. And you stay safe as well. <laughs>